for nearly two decades. The award-winning Your Financial Editor Program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with Your Financial Editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor Program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD. I am Chris Murray. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today. We have a nice program laid out for you. We have some very interesting top stories of this past week, a very busy week, some good economic data uh, that we can share, good, bad, and the ugly. And uh, also we heard from the Federal Reserve, so we'll have some information uh, in that area as well. Uh, looks like finally they're starting to hint at uh, making some changes at the Federal Reserve as far as policy goes. Also joining me in just a little bit, uh, Vice President of the National Association of Home Builders. Uh, We got that report this week, uh, Builder Confidence. So uh, we're going to drill deep into that and uh, see what's going on in that area, that sector of the economy, a very, very important sector of our economy. It's really had its uh, ebb and flows. Um, And, you know, they're going through an interesting and challenging time right now. They don't have enough inventory. They have problems with uh, the supply lines. Um, Also, uh, you know, just some other things that have really come to light for that uh, that profession. So we'll be talking with Miss Rose Quint. As I said, a vice president at the National Association of Home Builders. She's actually um, uh, involved in the research of that report that we're going to be talking about as well as other surveys so we'll get the information directly from someone who uh, puts it together Um, as far as top stories uh, interesting this week i saw the number of job postings in the united states as well as canada requiring potential employees to be vaccinated for the virus has skyrocketed since the beginning of the year so new data from uh it's called Ladders Incorporated. Uh, the data that they put together reveals this exponential growth with the surge of more than 5,000% in job post listings, uh, vaccination requirements since January 2021. So to reach these conclusions, researchers completed a comprehensive review of all 3.8 million high-paying career job postings in the U.S. and Canada over the past two years. And, um, you you know, again, the CEO was saying that um, the fact that any job postings mention a vaccine mandate is astounding. Um, Employment requirements and preconditions are normally included in employee handbooks, not on the actual job listing. Uh, Plus, we know that Uh, Not every employer mandating vaccination includes that in the job description. So, you know, it's really interesting how these companies uh, are deciding to require their employees existing and new to uh, get uh, vaccinated. And that's the talk. You know, you hear the talk about the vaccine. Now you're hearing the talk about the booster shot. Now you're hearing the talk about the Delta variant and all the other stuff. And what's not being talked about is China's guilt and responsibility in all this and how they're going to repay the world. Obviously, you can't bring people back who've lost their lives, um, you know, whether it was from the virus or from drug overdoses or from suicide, uh, et cetera. Um, But, you know, nobody wants to talk about 
the elephant in the room, and that's China. And um, people are out there taking common sense precautions as as far as what I can see. Um, we don't need uh, government intervention, you know, them telling you. And, and that's what we're going to – unfortunately, as we get closer to the fall, um, I'm afraid that because the administration only polls well in the COVID area – uh, they're going to continue to want to talk about it and make it a, a focal point. We saw that with the interview this week uh, as far as questions about Afghanistan being answered with COVID answers. Uh, just it's ridiculous. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll keep an eye on that and see how that all plays out. But uh, you do have that, that new um, part of employment now where some of these uh, employers are uh, requiring that. Um, Also, you know, it was really interesting to see, you know, some people are saying the future is in electric uh, cars, but for the U.S. automakers, trucks are going to rule for years to come. So automakers in North America plan to build more big pickups and sports utility vehicles than electric vehicles well into the late 2020s chasing those sales trends that run counter to the administration's goal of boosting electronic, uh, excuse me, uh, electric vehicles to half of the market by 2030. So these are some internal production forecasts that uh, were, uh, that were viewed by Reuters, the news uh, organization. It's just simple. The popularity of big trucks and SUVs is a challenge both to the industry and efforts by these politicians and, and these regulators um, who want to uh, fly that flag and wave it as hard as they can about climate change. Um, but you've just got nonstop demand from American consumers for full-size trucks and SUVs, and they are also extremely profitable for these automakers um, so the, you're watching about a $100 billion investment in commitments to make sure that those vehicles are still being made and readily available to uh, people who want to buy them. So I get it. The automakers, they, they want to make that big money. They want to sell um, profitable uh, cars and uh trucks and SUVs, et cetera, but they also have to try to toe the line with the administration saying, yeah, we're totally on board with the uh, electric vehicle thing. Just, you know, give us those billions of dollars you've got in these uh, ridiculous spending plans because uh, they're going to take the money if it's made available to them for sure. Also, I saw this week the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is headed for a fight with corporate America over how much information public companies must disclose about uh, their most important asset. That's their employees. So there's this big urgency by these progressive Democrats uh, that regulators uh, are going to be working on a rule that will require public companies to disclose more information on their workforces, such as data on diversity and how much money you make and you know, the uh, and just other things. It's it's just more uh, overreach uh, by the Securities and Exchange Commission um, under this administration. So investors, investors uh, apparently, according to a deputy director at the AFL-CIO, 
um, are being kept in the dark about how companies are treating their workforce. I don't, you know, um, these things are beyond ridiculous. You know, they make it sound like all oh, these public companies have slave labor and you're not allowed to take a bathroom break, et cetera. You know, I just helped my daughter do a college paper um, on um, these sweatshops around the world and Nike and Adidas and Gap and all these other retailers. Um, they actually have been caught using these sweatshops and this forced or slave labor, and nobody wants to talk about that. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's high and mighty about wanting to know um, about American publicly traded companies, open book, you know, how their employees are being treated. It just, it boggles your mind. I mean, literally, people, and again, I, we did a deep dive into this, and it's a serious problem, but nobody will talk about that. You know, a, a shirt that's made for a dollar and sold for 60. Um, it, th- those are the real problems. And yet you have these uh, government agencies appointed and elected officials that don't want to talk about truth. They just want to talk about these other things to uh, divert your attention, you know, with a shiny object. It's uh, it's embarrassing to um, to watch them do this. And it's sad to see the people that aren't educated and aware of uh, what they're actually trying to do with uh, code words and, you know, like I said, the new shiny object uh, when it comes to some of these um, some of these areas. It was good to see that uh, Senator Marco Rubio was urging uh, Biden uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was, to block short form video at TikTok in the United States after China took an ownership stake and a key subsidiary of ByteDance, which is the parent company of TikTok, based in Beijing, by the way. So everybody's talking about TikTok. What they don't realize is the security uh, danger uh, down the road. Well, not even down the road, uh, currently and down the road. So the Biden administration in June withdrew a series of uh, President Trump's executive orders that sought to ban new downloads of WeChat, and TikTok, just for that reason, national security and personal security reasons. So uh, Rubio was saying that Beijing's aggressiveness makes clear that the regime sees TikTok as an extension of the party state, and the U.S. needs to treat it that way. I I totally agree. Uh, Rubio went on to say we must also establish a framework of standards that must be met before a high-risk foreign-based app is allowed to operate on American telecommunications networks and devices. Uh, by the way, TikTok is not available in China. <laughs> right? Can't get any more ridiculous. So corporate records show that the Chinese government took a stake and a board seat in a ByteDance entity this year, a move that raises questions, of course, over how much influence Beijing is planning to wield in a, uh, a tech sector that, you know, right now is, number one, got a terrible reputation for, um, you know, how they censor, who they censor, that type of thing. But yet not worrying about potential national and personal security issues, especially for the kids. It's really popular, this TikTok thing with the kids. So, um, 
you know, are, what are they doing with the data that they're able to harvest uh, once that app is downloaded on a smartphone? Um, really, really, uh, I, I think entertaining, I guess, is the best word that I could use for me to see that President Trump just slammed J.P. Morgan's CEO, Jamie Dimon, uh, during an interview with Maria Bartiromo this week. Uh, and that was over Dimon's stance on doing business in China, arguing the uh, former president was that Dimon's not a patriot. So Trump uh, made the comments reacting to Miss Bartiromo's interview with J.P. Morgan CEO uh, earlier this month, where he defended J.P. Morgan's uh, move to do business in China. And Ms. Bartiromo asked Jamie Dimon about the company's business dealings in the region, noting the national security issue. And she asked Dimon if the expansion is just about money. And he said, no, of course not. I'm a patriot way before I worry about any money or anything like that or about J.P. Morgan per se. And um, he went on to say that you should imagine that firm, uh, foreign policy of the United States is set by the government of the United States. And if you start telling companies that they should be saying their, uh, saying their own foreign policy, you're actually making a huge error for the United States. But it was great. Mrs. Bartiromo actually pushed back and said, do you really believe J.P. Morgan's going to be in charge of J.P. Morgan China? And he said, of course, yes, noting that the bank does not share its data with the Chinese government. Uh, yet I'm sure you're going to be in China and you're not going to be uh, spied upon and there's not going to be uh, espionage involved. Uh, Diamond also added that if it relates to national security, the American government is going to tell me what to do. And I will salute reiterating that he is a patriot way before he runs J.P. Morgan. And again, on Wednesday, when President Trump was talking with Miss Bartiromo, he just said that um, Jamie Dimon is not a patriot. Uh, not to me, he's not. He's out to make a buck for his company. And the former president said that China is not our friend um, and that we need to be well aware of that and and um, and stay focused on that, which, I, like I said, I thought was, well, number one, that's true, but it was also entertaining that he doesn't care who you are, how powerful you are. Jamie Dimon is a darling of Wall Street. Um, and, you know, he's done a pretty good job, for sure, at J.P. Morgan, but he also does um, some things that are just ridiculous when it comes to politics, uh, and he lets that interfere or seep into the uh, the the public company and into the private sector. It's, it's really a shame. Another hack this week, T-Mobile confirmed the middle of the week that uh, the investigation into a cyber attack revealed that uh, some personal data on millions of customers uh, was affected. The company says the theft involved current uh, postpaid customers and um, that the giant breach that they experienced um, was really recognized when they they saw hackers on an online forum purporting to sell uh, the data. So really scary stuff. We continue to see uh, this problem. Again, nobody's talking about uh, where it's happening or who's behind it. We know 
Russia, China, um, Iran, um, other parts of uh, of Eastern Europe are responsible. So until the government's there, uh, crack down on that, it's gonna it's gonna continue. And I don't think they're going to crack down on it because I think they benefit from it financially and uh, security wise. So um, and of course, this week was a total mess with Afghanistan. And what's the news of the week if you don't have an exiled Afghanistan president denying allegations that he fled Afghanistan with a fortune in cash in his first public statement since his departure from Kabul? So, um, you know, a lot of people were saying that um, the the president of Afghanistan literally was taking millions and millions and millions of dollars um, along with him. And who knows how much he transferred prior to that? Uh, I would I'd be very um, doubtful that the leader left the country without money just in case he doesn't make it back. Uh, We've seen that time and time again. Uh, historically, and I just I, I don't see any reason why um, this guy is any different than most of the uh, despots that uh, you know that we have to deal with. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, when we come back, we've got some economic data and some um, Fed information. I think you'll find interesting, and then we'll be talking with the National Association of Home Builders vice president about that index we saw this week it's friday after five i got here just in time went ahead and with a line before i went and lost my mind and i ain't been here long but the bobbers in the pond going Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and also as a podcast on iTunes. And as I mentioned, if you haven't downloaded the free WFMD app, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, It's a free download and you have um, all the information right there on your your smart device. So whether it's your phone or your tablet, etc. So help yourself uh, to that. I forgot to tell you before the break. Um, brand new uh, complimentary takeaway for you. Extremely timely. I think you'll find it to be um, very beneficial. It's uh, titled Inflation and Your Retirement. Are you prepared for rising costs? So go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. It's right on the homepage. You just click get my copy uh, and then you get that complimentary uh, download to your email box and then you can uh, view it on your uh, screen or, your, of course, you can always print it off and highlight and make notes um, to uh, to see how you can better your situation. Again, inflation and your retirement, are you prepared for rising costs? Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and uh, get that complimentary download. So we're going to be diving into this a lot more in a couple minutes, but um, home builder confidence fell to a 13-month low in August, and that's because of higher material costs and home prices are uh, really impacting sentiment in that profession. The National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index, which we'll be talking about 
uh, with the vice president of the National Association of Home Builders uh, in just a couple minutes, declined by five points in August to a reading of 75. That's the lowest reading since July 2020. And um, just so you know, that reading of 75, the index can be zero to 100. So uh, anything over 50, of course, is seen as positive. So we're still in positive uh, territory, but we did sink uh, five points. So uh, Robert Dietz, the chief economist at the NAHB, said that while the demographics and interest for home buying remain solid, higher cost and material access issues have resulted in lower levels of home building and even put a hold on some new home sales. So, um, you know, we're going to jump into that in just a couple minutes with my guest. We also saw retail sales this week, um, unfortunately, slowed more than expected last month. So retail sales as a measure of spending, you know, restaurants, stores, online, etc., fell 1.1% in July, according to the Commerce Department. That's more than um, analysts were expecting. You know, there was a senior uh, industry analyst I saw that made had a note. Uh, it was at creditcards.com that said the Delta variant seems to have hurt consumer confidence more than actual sales, but slowing growth is worth watching. The fall and winter could pose greater challenges to bar and restaurant operators, especially if the virus remains a significant um issue, which, as I mentioned, the uh, administration and the media are definitely trying to uh, make sure that that happens, that it's worse um, than what it really is. And by the way, the average new home loan size rose to a record high in July. Um, So, you know, you see the mortgage application um, demand going down a little bit, but you also see that uh, people are paying higher prices, and that's resulting in um, these average prices being pumped up along the way. Um, So, you know, again, it's one of those things that we're going to keep an eye on uh, and continue to analyze and let you know about. Uh, Something else I saw this week, the Labor Department said on Thursday that 348,000 Americans filed for first time jobless benefits last week uh, and historically high 11.7 million Americans were receiving some form of unemployment assistance. You know, people are trying to get excited. Look, that 348,000 is a post virus uh, low. That's great. But you know what it was before the virus came here from China? 220,000. So if you want to really get excited about something, get excited about the right numbers. Don't get conditioned to accept mediocre or something that just gets by. And uh, the other thing we have to deal with is the labor force, you know, could see a a slowdown in momentum if the administration gets this $300 per week in supplemental unemployment benefits extended. It's, It's set to expire in September. A lot of states, red states have uh, got ahead of that with their governors and positive leadership. And now they're saying, no, we're going to extend it, just like they did with the rent moratorium. I mean, they're terrible. They they really are. Um, as far as the Federal Reserve, we saw minutes from their last meeting. Uh, they came out on Wednesday, and they said that basically they could start tapering asset purchases 
as early as the end of this year. So they're spending a gazillion dollars, uh, you know, just so you know, they, they spend $80 billion a month in Treasury securities and $40 billion a month in mortgage securities. And that's in an effort to stimulate the economy. So this is a lot of this is just a sugar high. Um, they should have already stopped that buying, and we should be talking about when they're going to raise interest rates. But, of course, um, you know, Chair Powell and all the other lapdogs now uh, don't seem to uh, to want to do that. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back. We'll be uh, speaking with my guest, Vice President of the uh, National Association of Home Builders, Miss Rose Quint. Uh, also, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. Inflation and your retirement. Are you prepared for rising cost? Um, just go and it's a free uh, download on the homepage and uh, help yourself to that. I think you find it very, very uh, timely considering the pain at the pump, the grocery store and services, etc. Back in a minute. Sitting at home all alone trying to fall asleep. Of age-old divine norms and standards, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. The Flatline, Sundays on 930 WFMD. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast on iTunes. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. I hope your uh, weekend's going well. And uh, as we mentioned right before the break, we were going to be jumping into our discussion this morning. Very timely, very interesting. Um, you know, what's going on in the housing market? It's one of the uh, main pillars of our economy here in the United States. It's extremely important. Uh, I, as you know, whether you're new to the program or you've been with me for, well, almost 24 years now, um, we keep a close tab on economic data and what it means for the economy overall, for um, the investors that we have out there, and for people that are just in general, you know, curious about uh, the, the overall health of certain sectors and the overall health of the economy here in the United States as well. Joining me this morning, my guest, Ms. Rose Quint. She's the Assistant Vice President for Survey Research at the National Association of Home Builders. Um, so she's involved in the planning and the conducting of these industry surveys, uh, areas of builder sentiment, remodeling, housing affordability, etc. So, you know, it's nice. We're going to actually have a, a conversation with someone that's involved in these uh, surveys as opposed to uh, just kind of highlighting them like we normally do. Good morning, Ms. Quinn. How are you? Good morning, Chris. It is nice to be with you and your audience. Yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. So um, National Association of Home Builders, NAHB, uh, very uh, large and respected organization um, here in the United States and abroad. Uh, give us a little overview about the NAHB. 
Absolutely. So NAHB is a federation with over 600 local affiliates throughout the entire country. We have roughly 140,000 members nationwide. And as I said, we cover all 50 states and all the territories of the U.S. Um, we have single-family builders as members, multi-family builders, land developers, residential commercial remodelers, but also associate members. These are people who are not necessarily builders, but they provide the inputs that come into a house. And I'm speaking of architects and engineers and manufacturers of building products, and of course, all the subcontractors that help us build the homes that we do. So I guess that is a great help when you're trying to put together uh, these uh, surveys and indexes uh, to gather that type of uh, anecdotal information and then be able to provide it uh, to all of your uh, members and associate members and, of course, uh, everyone else uh, that wants to try to kind of, you know, keep an eye on what's going on in that industry because it is so important. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. We have access, direct access, to the builders of this country, the remodelers of this country, the multifamily builders. And so we're able to directly go to them and say, we need your help in understanding, for example, the ADNC financing situation. Please help us answer these questions. Or we need your help creating an index, such as the housing market index, our, our most famous um, of all the indices that we produce, to help us um, as a leading indicator for what's happening in the industry. So it's a, it's a very potent ability that we have to be able to speak on behalf of the builders in this country. And by the way, the data that we produce we give it to the Federal Reserve Bank and to regulators and agencies in Washington so they can understand the point of view and the difficulties that builders are having out there in the field. Yeah, and that's extremely important. I know uh, builders are um, in a precarious uh, situation. They have been since the virus with uh, certain issues and headwinds that they've had to deal with. But I just want to let our listeners know if you'd like to you know, kind of follow along or learn more about uh, what we're talking about this morning with uh, Miss Rose Quint uh, from the National Association of Home Builders. You can go to their uh, website. It's a very good website, nahb.org. And you'll see that um, they, they have a lot of uh, information um, and they have different events. I'm looking at one right now, Professional Women in Building Week. Uh, that's September 13th through the 17th. Uh, you could check that out. Also very interesting on August 23rd, marketing and communicating with the aging in place client. So, you know, a lot of uh, folks are saying, I really don't want to leave my home. I want to, you know, enjoy my uh, my golden years here. I don't want to have to go somewhere else. So, you know, how do you uh, how do you do that? And, um, and and how do you learn to market to uh, uh, the older target market, basically. So uh, a lot of... Uh, if, if I may, sure. if I may, Chris, I think it's important that you highlight those two areas um, on our website because it also sheds light on, on another important aspect of NHB, which is educating our members, our builders, helping them connect and network, but also helping them educate them on what's out there on trends and on what home buyers want. 
and on on overall access to opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a lot of uh, uh, businesses and executives that listen to the program. So I know it's uh, it's very informative for them. But also, as I mentioned, folks, if you're just interested in the uh, the sector, the profession, which is a main pillar of our uh, economy here in the United States, you can get some good uh, information, solid information at NAHB.org. So, uh, Miss Quint, this week you guys did put out uh, what you mentioned you're famous for, the uh, National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index. Uh, it was down uh, five points this month. So just give us an overview of, uh, of, of what that report looked like. Absolutely. So the Housing Market Index is a sentiment index that measures builders' confidence in the market. And as you mentioned, Chris, it was down five points in August to a level of 75. That's the lowest reading since July of 2020. So a 13-month low for the index. Now, what is the index and what does the 75 mean? We created on a scale from 0 to 100 where any number over 50 tells you that builders feel conditions are good. Um, More builders feel conditions are good than feel they're bad. So they're still in positive territory when we speak of a reading of 75. However, when you put that in context to the fact that the reading was 90 in November of 2020, barely, what, eight months ago, you do see some deterioration in in builders' confidence over the last few months. Yeah. And again, I, I think uh, there's um, well, that that's well founded. I mean, we talk about these issues all the time uh, here on the program in weekdays uh, when we have business updates. Um, and uh, I guess if you would just give us um, some of the the reasons why you you found the index to drop those five points for Absolutely, August. Absolutely. Yes. So there are three main reasons that are driving this this deterioration in builder sentiment in recent months. The number one reason, and I'm sure this is not a surprise to you, Chris, or to your audience, is the rapidly increasing trend in material prices. In the last 12 months, building material prices have increased by 19%. This is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This is not data from NHB. We're just reporting it from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So a 19% increase in the prices of the of the goods that are used for residential constructions have absolutely caused home builders' confidence to decline in the last few months. So that's the number one reason. But number two, and not far behind, is the supply shortages, the difficulties to obtain those very expensive materials. So not only is it expensive to find them, it's also difficult to get them. Um, builders tell us that they have to wait four, five, six months for windows, for doors. Uh, it's difficult to get most anything that goes into a house, um, cabinets, flooring, OSB, you name it, steel. Um, so it's expensive. Um, it has become very expensive, 19% increase over the last 12 months. Um, it has become difficult to get them, supply shortages, the supply chain have very difficult bottlenecks. That's the second reason. And then the last and important reason is that all of these challenges have led to significant price growth, um, home price growth, which has challenged housing affordability. And so builders are seeing their customers experience baker shock 
And, of course, the decline in affordability, which, by the way, is at its lowest point in about 10 years. We also measure, we also have an index on housing affordability, and it's at its lowest point in about 10 years. So builders are seeing their customers experiencing sticker shock, and that is also decreasing their confidence in the market. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that uh, I saw this week from the Mortgage Bankers Association was uh, the average new home loan size rose to a record high in July. So it went from $392,370 in June. It was up a little over $10,000 in just one month. Uh, So as you kind of alluded to, there are people that are being priced out of the market, uh, unfortunately. And I guess, I don't know if this is a part of your research or not, but have you found or can you determine if uh, builders are passing along all of that increase or if they're eating some of it because inflation is so is such a problem right now? You know, um, all sectors and industries and professions are trying to figure out how much of the uh, inflation increase they can absorb and how much has to be passed on to the customer? Yeah, that's a great question. So builders are doing their absolute best to squeeze the fat out of their businesses, right? They're reducing operating expenses to the most extent possible. But needless to say, they have had to pass on some of those building prices increases um, onto their customers. And so you see there's a there's a direct line and a, and a straight relationship between the 19% increase that we've seen in the last 12 months in building material prices and the 17% increase in new home prices that we've seen over similar time frame. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so builders, so new home prices are increasing, not as much as building material prices, but they're also increasing at very rapid paces at a rapid, very rapid pace, and that is obviously not sustainable for affordability reasons. Builders are very concerned that prices have gone too far too quickly. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of pain there for sure. Um, we'll continue our conversation in just a minute with my guest, Miss Rose Quint. Uh, she's uh, uh, vice assistant vice president for survey research at the National Association of Home Builders, the NAHB. So we're getting this information directly from uh, that uh, organization, and it's. Uh, I, I'm, I'm. I hope you're finding it very helpful. Obviously, that's always our goal here is uh, to give you the the true and accurate. Uh, information from the sources uh, as opposed to all the noise that's out there uh, in the media, uh, on the Internet, on TV, etc. So uh, we'll be back in uh, just a minute. Stay tuned. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to iTunes. And if you haven't uh, downloaded the free uh, app, go to the App Store, download the AM 930 WFMD app to your smart device, 
and you'll have uh, all of the information right at your fingertips uh, whenever uh, you choose to use it. Uh, finishing up our conversation this morning with our guest, Ms. Rose Quint. She's an assistant vice president for survey research at the National Association of Home Builders, where her responsibilities include planning and conducting industry surveys, um, you know, areas of builder sentiment, remodeling, affordability, et cetera. Um, so, Ms. Quint, like you mentioned right before the break that this is a the, these these higher costs are are a real concern for the uh, for the builders out there, the professionals. What are they like? What are they going to do to try to deal with this if it continues to go up and the problem worsens? So, so one thing we have to keep in mind, Chris, is that demand for housing. Um, is relentless. Um, demand remains strong despite the challenges. And that is the positive factor that we have going for the industry, not for builders necessarily, but for the industry and for our economy, is the fact that we have, and, and that demand is being supported by two main factors. The first one is a demographic wave of new people coming into the market, and, and that's millennials now entering fully into their prime home ownership years. And so that's a wave that's unstoppable. Uh, this is a generation that's the largest in American history, and they now, um, as I said, entered home ownership years, but are also now motivated to go and buy a home because of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, when now we know from other research, from home buyer research, that um, people want to buy homes in the suburbs with larger amounts of square footage so that they can, um, you know, live comfortably and privately and have an outdoor space where they can be outside in the privacy of their own home. Uh, so that's a separate phenomenon that's occurring. And so that demographic change is supporting demand through all of these challenges. And they're being incentivized by incredibly low interest rates at the same time. Yeah, and that's so that's those good, right? Two, for the those uh, two, go ahead. You no, know, that's good for the uh, the buyer out there. Is whereas some of them are being priced out because of uh, the increase in cost. There is that uh, record low interest rate environment. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and builders um, build. Believe me, builders are building as fast as they can and as much as they can. They're 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 being restrained by the lack of supplies, by the lack of labor, by the lack of um, developed lots that are ready to be built on. But the demand is there. Um, the moment that they're able to get their inputs in place and get the land and the labor they need, they will continue to build more houses because that is their focus. They will continue to do that, but to the extent that the inputs allow them, obviously. Yeah, and uh, we've been talking about for months and months, and I know it's uh, a big talk in your uh, profession, is um, the whole supply and demand issue. Uh, not only for the the new homes being built, but of course for existing homes, you just don't have the inventory that's necessary to satisfy that appetite out there right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely, we need to be building significantly more homes than we have been building in recent years. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, for 2021, our NHB forecast calls for 1.1 million single-family new home starts. These are, those are 1.1 new single-family homes that will be started this year, and it's the highest level since 2006. So that's almost 16 years, <coughs> excuse me, 15 years 
since the since the last time we reached this level of construction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, hopefully that'll continue to ramp up. As you mentioned, you know, some of the problem is just the uh, raw land availability out there for the new home builders uh, because of uh, regulation and, and, and different hoops that they have to jump through these days. And that lengthens the uh, progress and, and really, you know, just uh, drives up some of the costs. I also was looking um, at the the housing starts and building permits report that came out this week from the Commerce Department, and it showed uh, that uh, home building fell in the Northeast, the Midwest, and the West, but it rose uh, down South. And they were still up, even though they were down for the month, they were up 2.5% year over year. So it just seems to me to kind of sum up our conversation that these home builders and the professionals that uh, support the home builders and the uh, the various subcontractors and trades are working as hard as they possibly can to deliver the product. Uh, it just looks like, uh, you know, it's going to take a little while longer to ramp up uh, and get that inventory that's necessary. Absolutely. Builders are trying to build they're, they're not curtailing construction just because they, they they are building at the maximum capacity that their companies are able to and 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 unfortunately the inputs that go into housing are are so varied and come from so many different parts of the country and indeed the world that they and and then of course there is a very local piece that's the land that needs to be developed and ready to go that um, they will it will it will take time to ramp up production because there are many, many bottlenecks uh, in the supply chain right now. And, and as a matter of fact, NHB uh, is highly encouraging through many meetings at different levels with um, the government, with policymakers, to help us solve these problems, this bottleneck, so that we can increase production as soon as possible. Yeah, and I wish you all the best with that. I hope you get the uh, support and uh, that people pay attention to you, like you said, uh, elected and appointed officials and others. Um, again, folks, you can go to nahb.org and uh, learn more about uh, the National Association of Home Builders and what they do and just get a lot of good information, just like the stuff that came from my guest this morning, Miss Rose Quint. Uh, Miss Quint, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I really appreciate you uh, shining the light on what's going on right now. You bet. Anytime. Appreciate it. Okay. You have a great rest of the weekend. Again, folks, you can go to nahb.org. And um, and it's really a great website. Uh, and, you know, you can look at some, uh, some different uh, things that they have going on. Uh, obviously, if you're in the profession, it's very helpful. But even if you're not and you just want to be educated, it's a great place to go. And uh, that does it for us. We'll wrap up uh, today's program because we're out of time. And uh, we'll have another good one for you next weekend. Uh, again, joining me this morning was Miss Rose Quint, uh, Assistant Vice President for Survey Research at the National Association of Home Builders. And um, I will talk with you on the Morning News Express with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. Uh, 5.50, 6.50, 7.50 a.m. Those are um, all live discussions that the three of us have. And then also, uh, we will be back here next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. So I look forward to talking to you then. This is Chris Murray. Oh, I just wanted to remind you, too, our brand-new um, uh, complimentary takeaway, Inflation and Your Retirement 
Are you prepared for rising costs? We all know that inflation is crazy right now. And uh, I wanted to put this piece out for you. I think you'll find it uh, educational and helpful as well. So enjoy. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and it's right on the homepage, and help yourself to that. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Yeah, I was just hanging out, some little West Coast town. Found a bar out by the sand, so I made my way in. First thing that caught my eye, like nothing I ever seen. Sunburn auburn hair, a California dream. Yeah, she was shaking them hips. Some old Motown song, I couldn't say anything. So I sang along. She was a heartache on the dance floor. Yeah, she moved through my mind. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.